Hello, everyone. Welcome to Weekday Devotion. This is Pastor Daniel, and today we're going to be in Daniel chapter 8, and we're going to continue by reading verses 9 all the way through verse 14. And so we begin to be introduced to this new vision that Daniel has, which includes two creatures, a ram with two horns, one of which is higher than the other, and then a goat, a male goat to be specific. And we also introduced that the fact that this male goat had a horn, which was pretty strong, but then that that horn was broken um, in two and became four conspicuous horns. So we don't haven't arrived at the interpretation of that yet, but today we're going to get to the completion of the vision, and then tomorrow we'll begin at the interpretation of the vision. So let's read today verses 9 through 14. So out of one of them referring back to the four horns, came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. It grew great even to the host of heaven, and some of the host and some of the stars it threw down to the ground and trampled on them. It became great, even as great as the prince of the host. And the regular burnt offering was taken away from him, and the place of his sanctuary was overthrown, and a host will be given over to it together with the regular burnt offering because of transgression. And it will throw truth to the ground, and it will act and prosper. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to the one who spoke, For how long is the vision concerning the regular burnt offering, the transgression that makes desolate, and the giving over of the sanctuary and host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, For two thousand three hundred evenings and mornings, then the sanctuary shall be restored to its rightful state. Hmm. Interesting. So here we see, in good characteristic of Daniel, this apocalyptic literature with symbols, etc. But now we're even getting to the use of numbers, this number, 2,300. How do we take numbers when it comes to apocalyptic literature? Well, there's a lot of discussion about that, but we'll get to there. First, let's look back at this horn. So we we saw that yesterday that this one horn on the male goat, which is very powerful, would be broken into four horns. And so then out of those four horns is going to come another little horn, which grows exceedingly great. And it includes the area which Daniel here refers to as the glorious land. Now we'll see that phrase repeated on in chapters 10 and 11 and 12. This glorious land, the glorious land is none other than the promised land, the land of Canaan, Israel. Some even refer to it as Palestine, but it's the, it's the holy land that God promised Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12, and that God is going to fulfill in his time uh, according to his word. So this was that land that God is referring to in this, in this here prophecy. So this little horn, which is out of one of the four, which is out of the one, is going to somehow possess the holy land the land of Canaan, the land of Israel, the glorious land. And we know he's going to have power. And uh, here in this prophecy, he's going to talk about this little horn and how he will um, talk, take away the burnt offering, um, overthrow the sanctuary. I mean, all of these things are going to happen. This had to do with the temple of God. So even though we don't know the full interpretation yet, we're beginning to see some inclinations on what can happen here. This man will be an enemy of God and an enemy of God's people. 
And then this holy, these holy ones, which a little translation could be saint, could also be translated as angel, but they're speaking and asking the question, how long is this vision? And we get to this number, that the sanctuary will be restored to trifle state after 2,300, 2,300 evenings and mornings. First, it's interesting that in the Jewish way of keeping time, a 24-hour day begins at sundown. That's why in Jewish language, you see it's in Genesis chapter 1, that you have evening and then morning the first day, evening and morning the second day. Here it mentions for 2,300 evenings and then mornings. So the evening was the beginning of the day. Kind of interesting. This would be for 2,300 days. Now, if you do the simple math, this is roughly three and a half years. And so how do we take that? Do we take that literally? Many do. In fact, many, as we'll talk about um, tomorrow and the next day, many take this passage to be both a near and far prophecy with a near fulfillment, as we will see, being the Greek empire under one man um, who becomes this little horn out of the four, out of the one, who then ultimately represents the ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy, which is the Antichrist. Many believe this only refers to this Greek empire and this leader that we'll talk about tomorrow. Um, And so then it comes into play, how long did this last? And believe it or not, 2,300 days is about right. So whether you fall down that this was just for this one Greek empire or that it's both near and far, that's a different discussion for another time. But your end times theology here matters. What you believe, how you see it will impact how you also can come and interpret some scripture. So the 2300, my view personally is that when God gives us a number in Scripture, he simply means that number, unless he tells us otherwise. So I have no reason to doubt that 2,300 days means something except 2,300 days. But because I believe in the inerrancy and the sufficiency of Scripture and that God just wants us to understand what he tells us when he tells us. But there are those that disagree that think this is more symbolic. But again... That's for you to study on your own and and come to a good conclusion. But the big picture of this passage is that God has this all in control. As bad as this little horn is sounding, he's going to stop sacrifice. He's going to overthrow the sanctuary, the temple, near and far or just near. It sounds horrible, but yet it is all part of God's plan. So the good news is the bad things that happen in our life, the times of suffering and trouble, are still within God's plan. And God promises us, his people, only his people, that he's never going to let anything that happens to us not happen to us unless he knows he can leverage it for the good of making us more like Christ. That's Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him, to those who are the called according to his purpose. It goes on and talks about what that good is, because it says, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So take heart that no matter what happens in your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that if you love God, if you love Jesus, if you're born again and are his follower, then God promises you the only bad things he allows to come into our life are those which he knows and uses to make us more like Jesus. So walk tightly with him today. I'll talk to you tomorrow.